Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for this house. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for every person um, that has, has come here and has called this their house, their house of worship. Uh, Father, we thank you, God, for every family, um, every husband, every wife, every son. Uh, Father, you have an incredible calling upon their life. And I pray, God, that you would instruct me, Lord, to give them the word that you have for their life today and that it would transform hearts, it would transform lives, that you would renew the minds in this place, that people would leave here different than how they came in because of your word. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So uh, I was asked to share on Pastor Appreciation, and uh, it's Pastor Appreciation Month, and really, it's, uh, it's really a time of the year to remember and to recognize our pastors in our church and in your lives, the leaders in your life. And it really shouldn't be done on just one month, but every day of our life. Um, many look at pastors and they say, man, they've got their stuff in order, um, their families, and uh, the, tr the, the truth is, it is true. I, I do see the ins and outs. I see the good, bad, and the ugly, and I do see that their lives are in order. But I'll tell you that their lives, their testimonies, I encourage you to, to sit down with them and, and tell them to share you their stories. Some of their stories are, um, they came from disasters. Um, some of them are walking miracles. And, um, and so the truth is, is if you sit down with them, their testimony may change your life. And so it was, it was, it was Christ, the hope of glory that came and transformed them. You know, when I was, uh, a young kid and uh, I was living in um, I was living in disaster doing my own thing doing my own having it my own way and living for the pleasures of this world I came to the realization that I had saw everything I can and found no fulfillment in this world nothing would satisfy me the pleasure of this world didn't satisfy me. I lived for playing baseball my whole life. That didn't satisfy me. I, I lived to party all day long. That didn't satisfy me. To enjoy a good time with my friends, that didn't satisfy me. Until I came to the feet of Jesus, until I entered a youth group in, in Bird Road in 102nd, in a little room right behind Papitin's house, in Papitin's house, and there gathered uh, uh, just a just several youth together. And um, my life was changed at that moment, that instant. And, and I, was, I walked into the space. I'm like, what is this? This is like, is this a room in the house? This is, they call this a church. But I, I, came, I came there with the wrong heart, the wrong intentions, but God still broke me, broke every bone, every heart, every hard heart that I had. And God... Spoke to my life 
It was clear. I responded. I was obedient, and it changed my life. And I have a, a picture to show here. When we were young, I dragged my, my girlfriend back then, my wife today. Uh, I've known her since I was 15 years old, and she was 14. Actually, I think I knew her 14, but we started talking 15, and we didn't know what really what love was and dating, and we were kids. Um, we didn't know the love of the Lord. And at the age of 17, coming into youth group, you know, um, uh, Jenny and I joining this youth group, we were changed from day one. And our life had never been the same. And um, I, um, we're talking about pastor appreciation here. And um, I didn't know what, I didn't really appreciate during that time what it really, what it, how much I needed a pastor in my life. I was a young kid, and I, I would constantly show up at my youth pastor's house, Pastor Joaquin. I would show up to his law office in the middle of work. I thought that it was like no big deal to just interrupt him in the middle of the day. Now I know how busy it is to work. And now I'm like, man, I can't believe I was bothering him all this time. But he was always available for me. And every time I, gave, I went in there, with whatever I, if I went in there with a parking ticket or something to help me out, um, to fight it for me, he always had a word to give me, and, um, and it, was, it was intentional. It was, it, was, it was daily. It was constant, and that's called discipleship, and I didn't, I didn't um, really realize how important that was in my life until later on in life. Until I saw God, God's hand move in my life, I started to appreciate where would my life be if it wasn't for having a pastor in my life. One who would guide me, one that who would direct me, one that would discipline me when I needed that, especially at a young age when you're, you're hard-headed and you're doing your own way. Uh, you're doing your own thing. You need somebody to correct you. And thank God I had, um, I had pastor in my life. And um, his availability, his zeal for the Lord, his teachings, he knew how to capture the hearts of the youth. His, his, he, he had an incredible grace to share it to young people. And um, I mean, he was, the, he was the worship leader. It was just him and the guitar. He, you see him singing here, those songs? Those are the songs that I heard when I came in there. And so that was the music band. That was the entire band right there, all in one. And he was the preacher, way before Hillsong, yes. And, um, and so I, I wanna tell you, Pastor, thank you. Thank you for... Um, hearing God's call, hearing his voice and answering it. <laughs> Being obedient to his voice and his calling. Because of that, I'm a life that's changed. Um, I was able to, to, to marry that girl that I dragged into youth group, or actually she followed me into youth group. She thought I was going there for meeting girls and stuff. And... Um, and uh, her life was changed, and I got another picture of me and her. And, and, uh, and actually, let's put, let, 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 before we put her, uh, before she was in the picture, uh, Pastor Palmer was in the picture. Let's put a picture of there. I mean, we were, yeah, yeah. We were there tearing up the land, you know. And um, we, we uh, that was, a, that was a, a party, and we wanted to, dressed like 007 so that was our 
we wanted to be the different ones there. Um, but the reality is, you know, um, I thank God for, for Pastor Palma. Um, he was, uh, well, he wasn't the best friend during that time because the Bible says um, he who is wise um, will, will make you wise. And so, um, or he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. And during this time, he was more of a fool. And, um, and we were headed to destruction, but man, I knew that there was something special. And when he came to the Lord and he would constantly preach to me and I would make fun of him and I, I didn't want to hear what he had to say. I'm like, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? And it was months and months and months um, until I saw my brother's life change as well because he preached to my brother and he preached to everybody around him. And um, until I saw their lives change, I saw that there was a, a God who was alive because I knew who they were. I knew the destruction that we were headed to. So when I saw their lives change, I was like, God has to be real. And uh, I said, and my prayer was, God, uh, I, I, I ask you into my life and I want you to do the change. If you're real, I want you to do the change you did in Palma's life, do it in my life. And um, today he is a wise man and a wise man that I've been able to walk through throughout the years in my life. And, uh, you know, I thank you, Pastor Palma, for um, inviting me to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, because of pastors, because of people I chose to walk with in life, I was able to enjoy one of the greatest treasures on this earth, and that was to have not just a wife, but a godly wife. And to really enjoy how marriage is supposed to be enjoyed. Um, and I got a picture of my family there. These kids are champions. They, they love the Lord. I, I've got Brian, Matthew, Ashley, and David. And I, I, even when they're born, I, I see these kids grow up and uh, they're, they're not perfect. God doesn't give it to them all perfect, all, you know, all obedient. They were very disobedient. Um, and, uh, and just like I needed instruction and I needed discipline, I said, well, these kids, I knew, uh, I did all the bad things at their age. And I was like, I know every single trick in the book. You can't fool me. So I was able to discipline them at a young age. I was able to instruct them. I was able to disciple them. I was able to pour in my life to them what was poured into me. If I hadn't had that poured into my life, I would have never been able to pour that into my wife and into my children. And I would never have what I have today if it wasn't for a pastor in my life. It was if it wasn't for pastors in my life. And I can't tell you how important that is in your life. How we need that. This is the fruit. This is the product of having pastors in your life. And God places them as the voice of God for you. And I had Pastor Palma growing up and, and, and he was a, a blessing in my life. Um, and I had Pastor Joey, uh, and we were in our youth group together, and we would really enjoy that fellowship and had a good time. But I thank God that I had young people, I had Pastor Palm, I had Pastor Joey, that at that young age, they were talking to me things about the, the things of the Lord. We, yes, we had a great time, we had fun. But when it came down to serious things, these guys were serious in the Lord, even at a young age. 
And even still today, the blessing that I have of having these young men in my life, that I can walk season through season, we could share and sharpen each other, sharpen our marriages, sharpen, and, and I can ask for advice about what you do with your children, what do you do in your marriage, and how we're able to sharpen one another. I'll tell you, there's no greater joy than to walk with brothers and serve the Lord together from a young age and until, until today. It's priceless. It's precious. And I thank God for that because I don't just look at them as, 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 a, as a friend. I do look at them as pastors. I do look at them as leaders in my life. I submit to their authority in my life. They have a lot to give me. They have, they have a lot to show me. Pastor Jules, he served alongside. Uh, we, we've, learned, we, we've served alongside together back there for many years in the media. And Pastor Jules is a very particular person because, you know, uh, he's got an, a very incredible mind and he's always looking at you like he's always reading you and studying you and he knows what you're thinking. And, um, and so I've been able to tap into that mind of his and I, and I kind of learned and I was like, wait, I'm going to tap into his mind. And, but he's, he's a... Uh, um, but I've been able to tap into his wisdom and to his heart to serve. He's, he's a very genuine person. He's very transparent. What you see here is what you see at home is where you see everywhere. That's Pastor Jules Molina, and I thank you, Pastor Jules. Um, Pastor Rivera. I remember when I was a young man in, in church, and, 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 and Pastor uh, Rivera was, our, was a pastor in the Broward Church. And I tell you, when he came to preach at our church, and I'm telling you, not because you're here, Pastor Rivera, but all the youth got so excited. This, is, this was our favorite pastor when he showed up. And we were excited to hear him preach. He did bring revival, absolutely. And... Um, The truth is, I, I, I look at, at, at your life, Pastor Rivera, and, and I see a humble man. You're always filled with so much joy. You're genuine. You're definitely a hero of the faith. I look up to you, and, and I want to have the joy you have when I get to your age. When you, when I, I want to serve the Lord like you serve the Lord, and that's contagious. Your life is contagious, and I thank God for your life. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Pastor Richie, I'll tell you, um, when I was 18 years old, I learned to play the guitar. And I was six months into this, playing the guitar. I didn't have no teacher. All I had was a book. There was, YouTube wasn't like around. It wasn't that good. It was horrible. There was no YouTube classes. And uh, I, I, I grabbed the book and it just told me where to put the fingers and I would just turn on music and just try to learn on my own. I was figuring this out. I learned a lot of bad habits on playing music. But six months into this, I kind of figured it all out. And, um, and, and Pastor Richie saw me play. He doesn't know this story. He really, I, I, I doubt it. He remembers. Um, he, he saw me playing the guitar there at church in the little corner. He's like, hey, you, 
um, I want you to uh, come to practice on Wednesday night. I'm like, what, me? And he goes, yeah, I want you to come to practice on Wednesday night after service because you're going to play this Sunday. He hasn't heard me. He just heard me a little bit play there. And I was like, oh, my gosh. He hasn't really, like, fully heard me play. And so I'm, I'm here. I'm sitting. I'm, I'm playing along a, a legend, the king of salsa. And here I've got a six-month uh, country guitar player, self-taught, and um, I, in practice, I was practicing along, and I'm trying to keep up with him playing. When service started, he doesn't know this, I lowered my volume completely. I was playing for the Lord. It was just between me and the Lord. Nobody heard it. And, um, but playing week after week, week after week, you just have to learn something, and you keep up. And I, I kind of learned the hard way, uh, keeping up to the greatest. And so I thank God for Pastor Richie. Um, he really is a fountain of joy. Um, people at his age are already bitter at life. And I, I want to be like him, you know, when I get there. I don't want to be bitter at life. I want to enjoy life. And he's enjoying life. And when I heard he was coming to church here, man, I was so filled with joy. Um, and, I, and I thank God for his life. And I thank for the answer to his call. Because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. Uh, Pastor Omar, um, he, was, he was a blessing early on in my marriage. Um, and uh, we were, uh, Jenny and I, we were young. We were young kids when we got, we call, we call us kids, because we were kids. We were 22 and 21 when we got married. And we had a lot to learn. So, um, and uh, I, I remember many times, multiple times, we would show up at Pastor Omar's house and ask for advice on stewardship because I knew that that was a grace he has. And he was an incredible blessing in my life because it wasn't just about stewardship. He, he would always speak God's word, talking about stewardship, talking about being good stewards of what God gives you. And I thank God for that. I needed that in my life. And I thank God for your life, Pastor Omar. I'm a good steward today, and it has a lot to do with what you showed me and the example that you are, not just by your words, but by your life. You guys are um, incredibly giving. You always look for the needs of other people, and you want to fulfill that need. And I saw that at a young age, when I was young, and I, even when I, during the time I had kids. You guys always spoiled my kids. I remember you bought little high tops for Brian, and I'll never forget that. And then you bought me the, the matching high top so I can have the same one as my son. So you knew I needed ba basketball shoes. So you've always looked for that need and you bless. And, and I thank God for that heart. And, 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 you know, Jenny and I said when we were young, when we had those kids, we're like, well, one day I want to be able to, to have resources to give to other people. And that's, those are things you don't forget. Those are seeds that are planted. Little things you do that can change somebody's life. Um, I'm sorry, I just wanted to appreciate all these pastors. Pastor Oscar, um, he would lead the food ministry for many years. And people went into that food ministry not just to get some food, and, but Pastor Oscar wouldn't let, let anybody leave that place without hearing the word of God, hearing his testimony. And he's the same man today. 
anybody that comes through this door will hear Pastor Oscar. And he tells it as it is. And I love that. There's no watering it down. You say it just like it is. And I appreciate that because people need to hear that. People don't need to hear a watered down gospel. People need to hear the truth, the reality of what it is. And I know that that has to do with a life that was changed. Because how deep in darkness you were living and what God saved you out of, you needed to tell the whole world the reality of what a life with Christ is. And I know that that's just the result of God changing your life. And so that changes my life because it teaches me never to water anything down, never to cut any corners, but to say it how it's supposed to be said, black and white, how the word of God says it, how God's heart is. So I thank God for Pastor Oscar. And you know, um, I want to say another thing. Um, he has a caring heart. When my father-in-law was in the hospital, he passed away back last year, but when he was in the hospital, there wasn't one day that passed that he didn't follow up with us. And that blessed us. We needed that. Our family needed that. My wife, Jenny, needed that. Just that, 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 that encouragement, that word of encouragement, even if it was just saying, hey, praying for you. Thank God for that. Papitin, he not only cured the people in the hallway over there with a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> yes, whatever he can find, but he'll do it. He'll get the job done. But he, will, he would also take that Swiss Army knife and cut at the heart at the same time. And he will always speak a word. And I love his heart for the lost. There's people, he doesn't care how old they are. It could be a young little kid, and it could be a person his age or older. He makes sure that they're signed up for discipleship. He makes sure that they're, they know the Lord. You have, did you receive the Lord? And he'll pray right there to receive the Lord. And, and he's always been attentive. Just like Pastor Oscar, same heart as far as caring and, and always uh, asking how is uh, so-and-so doing. And that's a blessing to my life. I'll tell you, every service that I walk in here, I, 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 when I turn the corner, I, I quickly look over there and I see Papi Teen. I just, I have to. I'm like, is he there? And it's so much joy to see him sitting there. It brings so much joy. He's one of the greatest encouragements I have in this church. Every time I preach, I get a high five, I get a hug, and I, I get that affirmation from him all the time. And it just encourages me to keep on going. Thank you, Papi Teen. I love you. And lastly, but not least, Pastor Mediero. I saw with my own eyes God's restoration in your life. And you are truly, truly a walking miracle. I have shared your testimony to countless of families. Countless families. Of what God has done in your marriage, restored you, and in your ministry. And it has impacted so many people that you will never even know. 
I thank God for your heart to always love and serve the church. You always have a heart to share the word to somebody, to disciple somebody. You look at the needs of new families that come into the church and you want to disciple them right away. You're an incredible teacher and you don't water anything down. You, you share it like it is. You've been an incredible blessing to my life and I thank you for that. And keep doing that. Don't stop. You're changing lives. Every pastor in this place is a gift to us. And I don't know what you've seen in every pastor here in this place, but I'm sharing you my heart. I'm sharing you my testimony of what God has done in my life through them. They've all played a part in who I am today. God has used each and every one of them as vessels. And they all have different graces. They're all very different. And they've all played an incredible part in my life. And I know that they've done a change in your life. And, and many people here, a lot of you guys look up to each one of these as your pastor in your life. And that's awesome. And, I'm, and I want to talk today quickly the importance of having a pastor in our life. And how God uses vessels and, pastor are the, and pastors are vessels of God. Leaders are vessels of God. The Bible calls it a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful, and prepared for every good work. Therefore, God's voice has been spoken through the leadership of this house. We learn throughout Scripture that God is a speaking God. He's always Spoken his voice. He conveys his will with his speech. In just the third verse of the Bible, it says, Then God said, say it, then God said. We need to live our life, not by what we say, but what does God say? The scripture says, then God said. In Genesis 3.8, the Bible says they heard the sound of, or the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It was the voice of God that was walking in the garden. God's always been about speaking his voice. And it was his voice that was walking in the garden. When a prophet had a word from the Lord, he would say, thus says the Lord. Listen to that. God wants us to know that he is speaking, that he's a speaking God. And that he has a word for his people. He has a word for you. And he wants to talk. John the Baptist said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I am the voice. And it's not his voice, it's I am the voice of one. He's the voice of God crying out in the wilderness. He's a vessel being used. And so are these pastors in your life. They are the voice of one calling out what God wants you to hear. And they're tuned into God's heart. 
In John 1.1, 1, 1, he said, the Bible says, he was the word. God is a communicator and he calls his son his word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was the word. And he dwelt among us, full of truth. He was the word. He was speaking. He was the word. He was life. He was direction. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Because he's the word. He's the spoken truth. And that's who we preach about. Every instruction that is given to me in this house lines up, and that lines up with the heart of God is the voice of God for my life. And that's what's changed my life. Every service I come to, every phone call I get, every gathering I have, every lunch, every dinner, every house meeting, everywhere I go, and I'm with a man of God, I'm with one of these pastors, and I hear God's instruction, and it lines up with his word, it's a voice of God for my life. Don't take it for granted. Don't say, oh, it's just a nice word. Well, that was good, but that's not for me. No, that's instruction for you. Every instruction. But many people have come and gone because they have had their own voice. They have had their own opinion. When the Lord revealed himself to Moses on Mount Sinai, it says that his voice sounded like loud thunder. Loud thunder. But to Elisha, he came as a gentle whisper. That still, small voice. So God would either come as a loud thunder or that still, small voice, that whisper. And so the voice of God has been loud in this place. The voice of God has been loud that we need to get our marriages in order, our family in order. Men need to be in order. There needs to be godly women in this house. That's been loud. If you haven't heard that, you've got deaf ears. You need to open that ear because that's been a loud voice. But it's also that still, small voice, that whisper that we need to hear, that we miss out a lot. And I'll tell you, it's crucial in our life that we need to hear the whisper of God. But we have a problem. We have a mouth problem because, and that's the reason he may be whispering so softly that you will miss it because you always have an answer to give. You always have your own opinion. We need to be slow to speak, the Bible says, and quick to listen. We say it all the time. There's a reason why he gave us two ears, one mouth. We need to stop talking and start listening our mouths will get us into trouble our mouths will cause us to miss out on the purposes of god because the more we talk the less we listen and we're going to hear that still we're going to miss that still small voice that instruction that we needed to hear and it's our mouth that gets us in trouble james calls it the untamable tongue and in one of his illustrations because he gives a lot of illustrations in the book of james one of them he calls it it's, a, it's like a wild beast. You just can't control it. So we need the grace of God to control this. Because it could just be wild. 
Try to keep a wild animal in a cage. It'll go crazy. The moment you let it loose, you're done. It'll devour everything around you. So will this. That's what that's like. That's what James is telling us it's like. And this could bring destruction in our life. But I'm talking about we do a lot of this and we don't do a lot of listening and hearing, tuning our ears to the Lord. In my business meetings that I conduct with customers, this is reality, I spend the first 20 minutes shutting my mouth and just listening to the customer. 20 minutes. Let them talk. I expect this. I want this done. I want this done. I want that done. This is going on, this and that. And then it's my turn to speak. And when I speak, I say, okay, so what you want done is this and this and this and this and this. You got it. By being a good listener, it teaches me how to effectively speak. If I had started speaking, I would have never known what the customer wanted. And so it's so important in life that we listen more and we speak less. I've learned that. To spend more of my time listening and less time speaking. The louder you are, the less you hear. Like Pastor said, I come from a family of eight. Five sisters, two brothers, and we've got, uh, and there's 20 children out of those eight siblings. So it's a very big family. And, and we, get, we have massive get-togethers. We, we get together for Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. And when we get together, I don't know too much about like the details of our culture, but we must be linked to the, my parents are Colombian, but we must be linked to the Cubans somehow because they are so loud. And you come to our house and it's so loud that you try to say something like, hey guys, listen to me. Guys, listen, nobody can hear you because they're so loud. And so the louder you are, the less you hear. And so forget about whispering. Whispering won't even work in my family gatherings. You need a, you got to be the loudest one there for, it, for you to be heard. Um, Jeremiah 6.10 says, To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot give heed. They can't hear. It says their ear is uncircumcised. Some of us need to circumcise our ears. Need to cut out whatever things you're listening to. Cut out the garbage in your life. Who are you getting your counsel from? Who are you associating with that you're listening to? You need to circumcise and cut what you're listening to. The garbage that you hear. Young people, tune out the music of this world. Tune out the media of this world. Circumcise it. Cut it out. So that you could hear from God. So that you could hear his instruction for your life. God wants us to listen. To lean in and incline our ear to him. You see, when you draw near to God, the Bible says, he's going to draw near to you. So when you incline yourself to him, you get closer to God when you get in Scripture, when you spend time and have your devotion with God, you incline your ear and say, God, I want to hear your voice. And sometimes it's loud, but sometimes, Lord, I need, a, I need everything quiet. I need to hear you. I need to hear that still small voice. 
What is it that you want to tell me, Lord? Isaiah 55, 3 says, Incline your ear and come to me. Hear, and your soul shall live. You're going to have life and life in abundance when you start with inclining your ear to the Lord. Not inclining your ear to what this world says, but incline your ear to what God says for your life. And your soul shall live, and I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. Usually, if we have a speaking problem, it's because you have a hearing problem. So you need, again, you need to focus more on what God has to say and less on what we have to say. The book of Revelation doesn't say, he who has a mouth, let him talk. It says, let, let him who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. We need to hear the Spirit of God. We need to be tuned in to the Spirit of God. When you're tuned in to the Spirit of God, guess what happens? When you're confronted with obstacles, when you're confronted with situations, and you need to hear the Spirit of God in your life, when you, you need instruction, you're going to discern from left to right, right from wrong, because you're tuned in. It's that still small voice. But you must be tuned in. Let him, he that has an ear, hear what the Spirit is saying. That's Revelation 2.29. The inner ear. It's that inner voice that will always agree with the Word of God. It's, if it doesn't agree with God's Word, if you're saying, man, I feel like what God is telling me to do is to is to." to leave my wife and just go with somebody. That's not the Spirit of God. Whatever you're listening to, it needs to line up with who He is. It, it's always going to agree with the Word of God. But you need to incline your ear to Him and hear God's voice. And God uses our pastors as a voice, as the voice of one crying in the wilderness. God told Abraham to take his son Isaac up a mountain. And he says up there, I want you to build an altar and I want you to sacrifice your son. That was the voice of God telling him that. So he was obedient to that. And so he, he goes up the mountain and he's there with his son and he's right about to draw and stab and kill his son or sacrifice his son as a burnt offering to the Lord. And right about, he was about to do that. The Lord said, stop. Don't do that. You don't have to do that. That's what my son is for. I'm going to give you my son, Jesus. It's not what he told him in the Bible, but at the end of the day, that's what it was about. That's what the story's about. That God would give his son in replacement of his son, in replacement of your sins. So you don't have to give a burnt offering. You don't have to give the sacrifice. He is the ultimate sacrifice. But listen to that. I, uh, Abraham must have been like, but why are you telling me to stop? I mean, I'm sure he was happy. But God, you told me a word to come and sacrifice my son, and now you're telling me to stop. Well, that's, that word was yesterday's word. Today's word is stop. And so if he hadn't been tuned, his, 
if his ear wasn't inclined to the ear, to God's voice, his future would have been destroyed. He would have sacrificed his son. But the voice, the call, that day, that moment was stop. And so it's a daily call. It's a daily stepping. And it's a daily hearing of God's voice, of God's instruction. It's not about yesterday's word. It's about today's word. God, what is your word for me today? Yesterday was yesterday, and my future is secure in your hands. So what is the word for my life today? Speak to me, Lord. And that's why it's so important. One voice that you miss out can affect the rest of your future. Man shall not, Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, we depend on bread. We depend on food every single day. Well, the same way that says man should not live by bread alone, we also need to depend on God's voice. It says every word that proceeds from his mouth, that's his voice. That's his instruction for your life. We need to depend on that every day like you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, we need to depend on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the voice of God in our life. God's greatest challenge for man is for man to hear his voice and step out of their comfort zone and into obedience. That's God's greatest challenge. It's for man to hear his voice and then to step out of his comfort zone in obedience to his voice. And so the Bible says in Psalms 37, 23, that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Every step you take should be a step towards obedience to his voice in your life, his instruction in your life. Every step, the steps of a righteous, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He orders them. He tells you left, right, front, back, however he tells you to go, you go. But how do you know what step to take if you're not hearing the voice of God? If you're tuning that out, if you're speaking too much, you have an ear problem, mouth problem. You have an uncircumcised ear. You've got a mouth that talks all the time. I'll tell you, that's the problem, so let's focus on the problem. Let's zip it up. Let's circumcise the ear so we can hear what God has to say. And when you hear something, whether you like it or not, I don't, sometimes I don't like the step that God is telling me to take. But whether I hear it or not, I have to say, God, let it be your will, not mine. It's out of my comfort zone. We take the step out. It's not comfortable sometimes. Sometimes I love it. Like, oh yeah, I'm going that way. Thank you, Jesus. But sometimes like, well, I have to go that way. That was God's voice for my life. But I know there's blessing. And he delights in his way. And God wants to take you so that you too will become a voice of one. We need to listen we need to obey. 
And obedience has a lot to do with it. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. We need to learn to be obedient. We need to learn to submit to our authorities, to our pastors. Like I told you, I don't take lightly what I hear from them. And I don't just, I'm not just a co-laborer with them. I really look at them as pastors in my life. I do look at them as a vessel, as the voice of one that I need to hear and listen to because I need direction in my life. And if I stay home all day, I'll never get that. And it's not just about Sunday. It's about being plugged in. And I made this my family. I wanted, I was, I was adopted. I was taken into this family and it's been the greatest thing I've had. And I thank God I'm able to pass this down to my children. And I'm able to tell them, I don't just tell you guys these stories. I tell the stories to my children. And they go in real detail. They know more about what I've told you. And they know not just my story. They know the stories of all these pastors because I tell them. And they're like, no way. And, and it, they, it, was just, it, it really is. These guys are, are, are miracles walking. And so because I've seen the hand of God upon their life, because I know they take God serious, I know the good, the bad, the ugly, I know the fact that what they speak is truth, and they walk righteously, that's a man of God. So I trust that when they say something, it's going to line up with God's word, and it's going to be a voice, and it's going to be instruction for my life. And I want to step out of my comfort zone, no matter what it is, because I'm only living, I'm only continuing to take those steps so you listen here. I'm only living to take those steps today and forward because of the fruit that I've had from doing it in the past. I've made uncomfortable decisions, but they were obedient ones. And I have fruit of that today, so it just encourages me to keep on going. And I'm not going to stop. Philippians 2.8. I'm almost done. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And so the Lord is our greatest example when it comes to obedience and being humble because pride is the greatest enemy we have. I want to do this my way. I've been living this long enough for this young pastor to tell me what to do. And they don't look at it as the voice of God because they have this pride. There's a way that seems right to a man. They've got to figure out. I know what I'm doing. It feels right. It feels right to a man, but its end is destruction. I'll tell you, leading a family without a pastor in your life is headed for trouble. Why did the Israelites wander in the desert for 40 years when it could have taken 11 days to get there because of their disobedience? They turned an 11-day journey into 40 years because of their complaining, their mouth, their criticizing, their murmuring, their disobedience, their dishonor. 
A leader you listen to and honor makes a difference. And when we don't listen to the shepherd, then we have no direction. Psalm 23, 4 puts a, uh, gives us a description of David, and he's talking about the great shepherd. And he says, though I walk, 23, 4, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil. For you're with me, Lord. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. And so the rod and the staff that a shepherd has, that a pastor has, is there to protect you. It's there to guide you. It's there to discipline you. And they need that. It's, an, it's a very essential tool for the shepherd to make sure that the, that the sheep are not going astray, but put them back into the path. And sometimes it requires discipline. It requires direction. But it's to protect them. When I've disciplined my children, it's because I love them. It's because I want to protect them. I want to protect them from the destruction this world has. Because I had a taste of that. And when discipline is given in this house, it's out of love. It's out of protection for your life. It's out of the best in your life. To protect you from destruction. To lead you to righteousness. So don't take it for granted. It's for your best interest, I'll tell you that. And for your family's best interest. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. Like pastor says, listen, it isn't just an honor. It is a double honor. And honor isn't about, uh, it, it really has to do with, does that opinion that they say, is it greater than mine? Yes, it is. That's honor. And now this is taking it a step up. It's a double honor. I'm really going to take it serious what they tell me. Because not only am I going to hear it, and I'm, I'm going to take it serious, but I'm going to do it. That's double honor. That's taking honor to another level. Because what I, my opinion, sometimes, it happens, is different than the opinion I hear of leaders in my life. But I honor them. And to give them double honor, I'm going to do it. I'm just not going to hear it. I'm going to do it. To appreciate your pastors is to answer the call of God on your life and live in obedience to that call in his word. There's no greater joy than to see families restored in this place. There's no greater joy to see addictions being broken, no greater joy to see orphans finding a father, a mother in this place. No greater joy lives restored you guys are just a testimony not just for your life but for you to give glory of what God has done in your life that you would become a voice of one and and cry out in this world what God has done in your life but you can't become a voice you can't become a testimony until you have your steps established by the Lord by his voice by his instruction. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for your instruction, your voice. 
we know it was loud and clear. I pray, God, that you would give us an ear to hear, that we would incline our ear to you, that we would hear your voice. And I pray for every pastor in this place that you would use us, Lord, to be the voice of God, to, be, to give instruction from your word to others that need it, Father. And I pray that this church would have a heart to receive it. And not just have a heart to receive it, but to live it out, to be obedient to it. Take out the pride, Lord. Give us a humble heart. Give us a heart like yours. Father, we thank you for the testimonies in this place. This is what the church is made of. The church is made up of God's glory, of your glory, of your goodness, where many will see and will fear and want what they have. Use us, Lord, to be a light in this city. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Man, the guy could preach. But before we leave here, I'm going to invite all the pastors to come up here because I think we would be remiss if we didn't honor Pastor Kenny. All the pastors come up here. And I'm going to give uh, the pastors that he spoke of this morning an opportunity to honor Pastor Kenny. Um, we want to honor pa uh, David. David, come up here. You want to stay and listen to your dad preach. Get up here so you can see these men of God. And what they're about to say about your dad. Um, okay, so he has these three amazing children that are men. And then he has the secret weapon, which is Ashley, uh, his daughter, who's a powerhouse. Um, all of them are worship leaders. They worship God. Um, Brian, the, his oldest, is doing a new song that's going to come out in the next couple of weeks. We're going to be unveiling a powerful song that will lead this generation generation in rising up um, it's a powerful song that they have but let's go ahead and, and hear from the pastors just the different uh, ways that they have able to discern uh, pastor Kenny's grace um, again this this doesn't happen overnight how old are you now Kenny 43 you're an old man um, but 15. 15 years old, he decided that he was going to lead champion life. His lead is his girlfriend later became his wife and then four children, his finances. He's bivocational, which means he's a full-time businessman and a full-time pastor. Uh, you know what that means? That you're in trouble because you think, oh, the pastor doesn't work. This guy's double shift and he makes it to every single meeting and not only makes it, but he leads and, and, and that his life, that's why I said his life speaks louder than his words. So we listen to the pastors, honor him real quick, because we would be remiss if we didn't give this man honor. Um, when somebody called me this week and says, Pastor, how could I get closer to God? Right? Everybody, those are some questions people ask. I said, invite some of the leadership to your house. When you invite, the Bible says, Jesus says, I'm not going to show up again until... Watch this. This is what Jesus says. He goes, I'm not going to come back to this place until they change their heart and they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So I, I know, so in, in, in a crazy world, people think that, that things happen in a vacuum. They don't. 
Everything happens intentionally and with purpose. And when you invite a man, a family of God into your house, I promise you, that's like inviting the Ark of the Covenant into your house. There's going to be an exchange there that's favorable. The blessing of God will visit your home and your family, your children. That's one of the steps my parents took on early on when we first got saved. Every pastor that, that was in the proximity of the Miami, South Florida location, from Fort Lauderdale down, Derek Prince, Nikki Cruz, just all these men of God would be invited to our homes. And they would have dinner and break bread with us. And in that exchange, there's something divine and godly that brings healing in, 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 in levels that you would not even be able to appreciate monetarily, financially, economically, through the roof crazy uh, when you bless uh, your house with the visitation of a family that serves the Lord. Okay, here it goes. We'll start at this end. Pastor Oscar first. Yes. I've been in this church 22 years. And I met Pastor Kenny. He was much younger then. And I always liked his seriousness. And for those 22 years, he's been the same. And that's a gift of God. God bless you and your family. It's been many, many years. You're not an old man. I wish I was your age. <laughs> um, but something I could highlight uh, real quickly is that uh, Kenny, many years ago, was extremely involved in the youth group. And with all the young people, he still is. He can't get away from it. But I have to appreciate and thank him very much for the impact that he had in my, in my children's life. Because he was a testimony uh, back then and, and still is today. So for that, I congratulate you. God bless you. Good morning, church. Uh, what can I say? Pastor Kenny, there's so many stories. <laughs> like he said, um, we started since I've known him since day one. He showed up to the church same time I did. Um, we started this church together. And he's a man of God. I respect them. My kids grew up together, literally. And to me, your family, I love your heart to serve the Lord, the heart that you have for the youth. I think we both have that same heart because of what we received from our youth pastor. So, man, I honor you, and, and you're a genuine man of God, and, and it's a, a blessing to have walked alongside with you all these years. Love you, man. Amen. I've known Pastor Kenny since we were 11. We were neighbors. We went to the same school. My parents are Cuban. His parents are Colombian. Do we have any Colombians here today? Proof that uh, I was indoctrinated into their culture. <laughs> By sleeping at his feet, I learned what pecueca was. If you're not Colombian, you don't know. But we used to sleep together in the same room, sleepovers. He would eat, it, he would eat from my fridge. His mom would cook for me. So I've known Kenny a long time. And... He's, he's always been the real deal. Um, what you're seeing here is what he's been since we were 11 in the sense of being genuine, in the sense of um, just being a, a, a loving, caring person. And the best thing, we could say many high, lofty things about people, but 
I think the most important thing I could say about Kenny is if you look at the impact that he's had in the lives of the people around him, uh, the youth, the church, his friends, the pastors, um, the Bible says you'll know them by their fruits. And everything in Kenny's life is good fruit every, in any direction you look. And that's the proof that, uh, of, of, of what God has done in his life, what he's allowed God to do. So, amen. I just want to thank God for your life, uh, for the testimony you have been for us for many years. Viste que estoy hablando tirándole el mocho. Ve que yo soy inglés. And even though that my age is is older than you, uh, you always have been a testimony for my life, and especially your family. When I see your kids and your wife and the whole family, I guess it's not only pastor's sons, but your sons are also a blessing. So praise the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Forgive me for stay sitting down. But uh, on this uh, 86 years of age, you wonder when you look back how many things happen in your life. It's a tremendous thing. It's an experience worthy living the life with Jesus Christ Amen. heading your life. It's tremendous because uh, uh, what... Uh, Kenny talked today, man, check me. Tremendous word, tremendous word. And then uh, uh, the recommendation is to shut your mouth. But I remember having a remedy to shut your mouth, that the woman that talked too much, and she was sent in a cliff down the way, and still she would say, saying, cut that down, cut that down. She couldn't talk, but she maneuvered in order to let the people cut. And that's the, the word of many people. They don't shut their mouths to listen to the word of God for everything, because even the rocks will talk that Jesus is our Savior. Yes, Amen. I give thanks uh, for the many people that have decided to put their life in front of you to serve and love you and your family. God bless. Gracias. Gracias, Pastor Kenny, por tus palabras. Thank you, Pastor Kenny, for your words. Yo te conozco hace 25 años. Tenías 18 años. I've known you for 25 years. You were 18 at the time. Y, y empezabas en la música. Empezabas a, a, a estar con miras a casarte con tu esposa Jenny. You were just starting uh, to play music and you were preparing yourself to marry your wife Jenny. Y lo que yo he podido ver en 25 años es que tú has sido una persona súper consistente. And what I've been able to see in 25 years is you've been a very consistent person. Si trazáramos una línea de tu vida, no hay extremos, no hay puntas, sino que siempre has sido bien consistente en lo que If te has planeado. If you were to graph your life out, you would see a, a steady line. There wouldn't, there's not highs and lows, but a very steady, consistent life. Me consta que te costó todo venir a Cristo. Tus padres no vinieron, tus hermanos no te siguieron. It cost, it cost you everything to come to Christ. Your parents didn't follow, your brothers didn't follow. 
eh, te costó todo eh, eh, dar el paso de lo que ahora tú eres y estás. You had to pay a price to become what you now are. Te respeto mucho tu, tu forma de trabajar, cómo has prosperado saliendo de un cuarto. And I respect you, your ability to have learned how to work and prosper. Me mostraste dónde empezaste en tu oficina, lo que era tu oficina, que era un pedacito de un garaje. You showed me your office, that you, the office you started from, which was a small garage. Y ahora estás en un señor edificio con, con muchos departamentos y mucho, una oficina grande. And now you have a very large office and a very nice building. Eso, eso demuestra que Dios ha acompañado cada paso tuyo de lo que tú has decidido. Dios te invitó a Canaán y tú entraste a Canaán a la God, tierra prometida en los 11 días que debiste entrar. Quiero terminar felicitándote también como esposo, como padre. I want to congratulate you as a husband and a father. Está a la vista lo que son tus hijos, cómo caminan en Cristo. And everyone's able to see your children and how they walk in the Lord. Cómo dejaron un buen testimonio ya prácticamente dos de ellos en Westwood. How they've given a good testimony in Westwood in their school. Y todas las huellas que están siguiendo porque tú decidiste un día amar a Cristo, seguirlo con todo tu corazón. And all of this is happening because you decided to honor and serve the Lord with all your heart. Amen. Uh, Kenny, I've known you forever, and um, I think uh, your character, your personality of a very serious person, a very uh, steady hand, but also a fun person to be around, great sense of humor. Uh, Kenny's very artistically inclined. He has a lot of talents uh, artistically with music. I used to, like, when I used to hear him sing, when I used to do concerts out in the community, we did one at UM. And uh, he got out there, I'm like, you know, nobody's got anything on this guy. This guy could like tour the country, you know, and fill the stadiums with, with his music, with his heart, with his passion, with his voice. And, uh, you know, he, he, he picked a great wife. You picked a great wife. So that's, that's great decision making right there. That's a demonstration of his personality, his character. And I always say, you know, sometimes uh, my wife and I, we get on to, you know, is it too hot in the house? Is it too cold? And... And sometimes she has the way she feels and I have the way I feel, but we go to the thermostat and we say, look, baby, it's the same temperature it was yesterday, you know, so it's not, nothing has changed. And I will say that the children in the home are the thermostat of what's really going on in the home. Yes. And I've never seen not even a tinge or a, a drop of your children ever. No drama, um, no, drama no disrespect, no dishonor, uh, no nothing but respect and honor towards me, my wife, and I know the other pastors. So that to me is a real testimony of the man that you guys see in front of you. Amen. Um, obviously, uh, we were saying on Wednesday night that when you talk about your children, they are your all-stars. And I, I have the same sentiment with our spiritual children. Uh, I believe that the best is yet to come for them. Um, they could easily, any one of them, champion an entire church on their own laurels. Um, they have the experience. They have the passion. They have the gifting. Um, but if you see them as they sit under the lead, my leadership of this church, I know that being faithful in this house, God is going to launch them to being the greatest pastors in the nations. Um, and and that's, that speaks volumes. Um, 
the way they adhere and obey and submit and respect and honor uh, my life since I was 25 and now I'm 54. So for the past 25 years, uh, we walked life together. Um, they know every, I mean, they can sit for hours and days and weeks and tell you all the stories of the short failings and the uh, different aspects of my life, but they've always held me in super high honor. Um, and for that reason, I believe God's going to use them um, just in greater expressions of reality. Um, in Kenny's, uh, uh, Kenny's behalf, particularly, um, as a pastor of this church that we founded uh, 24 years ago, um, there came a time where Kenny was the, the lead worship man. I mean, this guy was tearing up every service uh, Wednesday nights, uh, Saturday night youth group, Sundays. Um, uh, well, not that Saturday, but, but every main service that we had. And then I told him, Kenny, um, my kids now are turning 13, 14, and 15. So Nick was turning 13, 14, and, and 15, and, and Joshua was coming behind him, Brandon. And I said, I need you um, to leave the lead worship place, which we, we was basking in the highlight of really powerful ministry and substance. And, and I asked them to step down from the worship leader to become the youth pastor because we needed uh, him to pour down and out of his heart for the following, how many, five years later, six years, seven years? Seven, eight years. He stepped down from the worship leading. He's not here to serve himself at the highlight of his calling, like Jules was saying, that he was doing incredible worship and leading our, our congregation, he stepped down and became the youth pastor to my children, to, to Nick, Joshua, and Brandon, and the rest of the ones that were there. But, and then he would pour his life. Um, as a parent, you're able to influence your children somewhat, but there's no greater influence in the life of a son or a daughter than to have them fellowship with a man of God and a woman of God. And, and my kids were able to receive uh, from the life of this man um, everything he had let Christ come in and do in his life. And uh, I can tell you that that was a major impact. Um, I want to thank you for that. Uh, I think that, that, that we, in honoring men of God, because a lot of people say, well, who's the pastor? Who's the pastor? Listen, my life is saturated by relationships with men of God to give them high honor through the roof like nobody else does. So I know that a lot of people uh, find that to be problemsome. Even as you were preaching today uh, in Jeremiah 6.10, it tells you why certain people will not walk in this direction. And the Bible says it's because the word of the Lord is offensive to them. The last part of that verse, and you just read the top part, but the last part says that some people, when they hear these words, they're offended by it. How dare them say whatever? And then it says, and they have no pleasure in wanting to see what God says. So first it's offensive, and then it's not pleasuresome. And so that we see why a lot of people distance themselves and disconnect because they're challenged by the call of God in their life. And, and you know what? Our symbol, I don't know if you've seen it over there. It's the cross. That's the invitation. Come to the cross and deny yourself. And that's why Christianity is not very attractive to many people. But thank God that there are some people that decided to deny themselves and not do what they want. And they've served the church and we're seeing the fruits of them. I have no doubt 
that, that what's going to come out of this house by way of our young people, our, our, my sons and my daughters, are the direct intentional uh, fruit of men and women who, who have walked like Christ wants us to walk. So I commend you. You did a great job today. Um, I know that, that you know, your calling in life in the business world is short-lived. Uh, I pray that God make you a multi-billionaire and that the world would have a, a shepherd after his heart. Amen. God bless you. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. See you on Monday night men's meeting and Wednesday night. God bless you.